Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. On your mobile and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. these days have they football commentators <laughs> I see that as a highlight of my career so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, good evening and welcome to uh, to Channel Live here on Maritime can I have a copy of that by the way oh yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> you, you'll be fine it's going to make a lot of appearances on this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, good evening yeah it's uh, Louis Mendes here at the Valley uh, here on Channel Live Maritime Radio joining me in the studio the man who has called Keith Stroud and many other a referee a moron in his time, but that's the only one we've recorded so far. You, I can tell. <laughs> oh, no, evening, everyone. Yeah, I suspect that was probably the politest word that was shouted at the valley yesterday <laughs> about Keith Stroud. Yeah, I was slightly worried about what I uh, called him might have come up on the two sides that right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, was I. Yeah, and, and yeah, the other voice you heard there. Uh, Tom Wallin, how you doing, Tom? All right, yeah, not too bad. Thank yeah, you. well, your microphone's very quiet. You want to, yeah, bring it towards yourself a bit. That a bit better? Yeah, that's a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Good. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Millwall did it. Um, yeah. Right on uh, on tonight's uh, on tonight's show, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, yesterday's game here at the Valley. A, a goal of the straw uh, against Millwall. A winless run against them extends to forever. 
Um, so we're going to hear for, exclusively from Carl Robinson. We're also going to hear from uh, Tony Watt. We're going to discuss uh, something that Carl Robinson did during yesterday's press conference, which I've uh, never seen before. Tell where he, he had uh, Brett bring in the uh, the video to show us a replay or something because he he wanted to let the pictures do the talking in that one. That was it was a, quality, yeah, absolute quality, unusual. And I've actually got a little a little bit of a recording from that as well. Uh, so you can hear exactly what was going on when that happened. So yeah, like I so said, we're also going to hear from Tony. What want to uh, have some emails and tweets? I was hoping to speak to a Charlton fan today, a guy called Richard, who yesterday attended his 900th consecutive home game. Uh, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to get hold of him. If you are listening, Rich, um, drop me a DM and uh, I'll see if I can call you on there. Uh, which, which I'd like to because I would like to, to find out your story really find out what's wrong with you uh, 900 <laughs> games 1982 he's run started well, what's wrong with him because he's done 900 games yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Or, or if he's been busy today as well but yeah there's um, 900, uh, 900 consecutive home games an incredible record without missing one uh, and then basically the floor's open to you really we want to know what you guys made of yesterday's game the uh, controversial disallowed goal you can talk about uh, the performance itself what you're making of the manager the new signers that have come in now uh, anything that you want to talk to us really just just, uh, just let us know you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive but first things first let's have a listen back to uh, the highlights of yesterday's game and uh, I think a certain clip's going to get another air <laughs> until <laughs> has lost two great servants this month with former England manager Graham Taylor passing this week and former Charlton player Paul Wentz passing last week both will be sadly missed we will now honour their lives with a minute's applause. Thank you. Towards Craig. Craig, the long ball forward, looking for Gregory. It's a decent one. Gregory's going behind. Bowen is chipped over Rudd. It's gone wide for a minute there. It looked like it was creeping in. No, Gregory getting in behind Bowen. Certainly did at the new den. And his chipped effort went wide in the end. Tony Watt, you know, is coming on, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, McGuinness is gone. Uh-huh. Stretch was required. It did look a ball because when you said he took a knock, and that's a huge blow for Charlton. Huge, huge blow. Bauer flicks onto the left hand side of Rebo's in a bit of space, gets under control. Joe Rebo shapes on his left foot, goes for goal straight at Jordan Archer. Cuts back onto his right foot inside now to Andrew Crofts. Crofts takes a touch inside now to Byrne. Byrne will go for goal. It's saying a little deflection and it's straight at Archer in the end of it. Did bobble up, and Archer had to watch it. And that's heartbreaking for, for Page. Just uh, what we're looking at 25, 27 minutes in to his uh, Charlton debut. Yes, he's had a good start to the game as well, Lewis Page. He's, he's quite decent on the ball. He's, he's put himself about. It's going to be another Valley debut. So, Jay to Silva alone from Chelsea. De Silva taking on Cummings inside the penalty area. Good ball towards Ooh. far post, cut out by Webster. Fall for Burn. First time shot. Oh. It's an awkward one. Archer parries. I think he did have it covered. And there's a good effort from Nathan Byrne. No question. You just saw there De Silva taking on Cummings. And he'll be worried now for the rest of the game, Cummings, because De Silva left him for dead. There is a the half-time whistle. It's been a decent first 45 minutes for Carl Robinson's men. In it comes from Maribo. A decent cross as well. Looking for Bauer at the foul post. Bauer gets something on it. Teixeira battling. Could be a foul in his. Yeah. Ball's in the back of the net from Bauer, but Teixeira clearly fouled. Uh, it's one of the most blatant fouls <laughs> you'll ever see, unfortunately. I think it was uh, Hutchinson. He uh, was all over. Maribo's gone across in front of the scoreboard to take it. And, uh, someone from the Millwall uh, section has thrown something at him. He's ignored it. He chips the ball into the box. Bauer's running in there. Teixeira's oh. there and it's hit him as he fell over and run into the arms of Jordan Archer. And he's dropped in, the ball lifted in the ball! Oh, the, the linesman's flagged, what for? On earth is he flagged for? 
Oh, I'm not sure about that. I what on well, earth has happened? Can, I can only assume that he said there's a foul on the keeper. I don't, I, I, there might have been a pullback, but certainly there was no contact on the ball when he dropped it. Bauer looped it into an empty net. The linesman, I think, has flagged for a foul on the keeper oh, here. One of the strangest goals <laughs> in the history of the London Like Norway. to see that again, to see exactly who impeded. Now it's swung in to a dangerous area. It's flicked on, it's got Morrison on the far side. Cleared away, and not quite off the line by Teixeira. But cleared away from inside the six-yard box. Goes back to Morrison. Morrison swings it in. Dangerous area. Oh, how did oh, that header not go in? Ben Thompson, I think it was, with the header. Williams chips the ball into the box. Uh, cleared into the... And it's... Oh, dear, oh. did that go miss? Into the six-yard box, and once again, it's Lee Gregory on this occasion gets a fed up across the, the front of the Charlton goal. Looked like it was going into the corner. Instead, it went wide left of the Charlton goal. Bauer, important interception, and now Charlton gets out. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Gets right in the way of Byrne, and takes Byrne out, and Mill will have it back with Ferguson on this near side. As to share now pushed over by Morrison, and that's it. It's all over here at the Valley. We didn't lose, but we didn't win. And uh, Morrison has just uh, done something here on Bauer, I think. Not sure what, but uh, I think uh, Morrison did something on Bauer. I didn't see it. What's going on here? Uh, he's talking to the official. And, uh, oh, he's given him. Uh, he's sent off somebody. He's sent off Teixeira. He's but he's double booked Teixeira for something. I don't know what. Uh, but that's Keith Stroud all over, isn't it? Really. So we heard the highlights yesterday's goal of the straw here at the Valley with uh, with Mill. Um, a funny old game that obviously ended in, in controversy. Um, Freddie, I'm not reading out your tweet. <laughs> yeah, the, I just saw the that. F and the C in it. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll settle for more on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, overall, uh, probably a fair result. I think if if you look at possession, we had the possession. If you look at the chances, I think Mill had the better chances. Although we most of them, a, most of them coming in the last fifteen, I'd say. And then we had, a, but we did have a perfectly valid goal ruled out. Well, I'm pleased. Oh, I say I'm pleased. Uh, when I listened to it back, with the first goal we had disallowed, I thought was fairly clear. Tashera was a bit all over um, their centre half. I think it was, um, and so it was fairly clear cut why it was um, called uh, uh, or ruled out. The second one, I've, I've been worried actually since yesterday. Whether or not I um, I queried it or not, because I couldn't remember. I couldn't. I'm trying to remember back and say, well, gave the, maybe I gave Stroud the benefit of the doubt, which wouldn't be like me at all. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't because uh, both myself and Greg were just uh, perplexed as to why it was ever given off, even at the time. Mm. Uh, and it, and and later on, you'll hear it's a question I actually asked um, um, Carl Robinson as well. Did at the time you think, oh, maybe there was something in there? Because we both looked at when it happened in real speed. We both looked at each other and go, why? What was that out, out for? So we we just guessed. Oh, somebody must have failed, and it was definitely the linesman that gave it, and not the ref. Yeah, definitely the linesman. He flagged straight away. In that case, because I was thinking about, because I, I didn't see it at the time. I'd already looked, the keeper had the ball. I already looked down to type. We've had a cross in the box or whatever. It comes to nothing, and then I hear the, I see the ball looping into the net, and so I've assumed the same thing. I've assumed the keeper's gone to kick it, and we've knocked it out of his hands or something. When you watch the video, which we were very lucky to do, so within the <laughs> yeah. press conference yesterday, with Brett, I spoke to Brett after the game. And, and, uh, he said, "Well, I never had to do that before." I thought you started well, today. Brett would have definitely gone to because Brett um, videos all the games uh, as the analysis, mm. um, um, as an analyst. Sorry, and uh, he would have gone to Carl uh, um, Robinson after the game and said it was a perfectly good goal. And Carl would have wanted to see it straight away. So the fact that he yeah. brought it in here to show everybody—it's yeah. quite clever, really, because he did say, uh, "You look at this," because I'm not allowed to say anything. Yeah. yeah, he told us to write. <laughs> Although, in fairness, I did see once I put that on Twitter, I saw a uh, Milton Keynes Don's fan suggest that he'd done it there as ah, well. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, if you look at the angle from where the linesman would have been, and you see Bauer running towards Jordan Archer, the goalkeeper, I can just about understand, because Bauer is, is going to run towards him, and I can understand from that angle, it might look like he's interfered mm. with him. But when from the clear angle that the referee's seen... He was right at it as well, looking yeah. straight at it. And the referee is therefore not done his duty because he, he had every reason to overrule that because I mean if you look at him he's, if you look at the video the referee points straight this is Keith Stroud the moron points straight <laughs> straight to the linesman hands over the, mm. the uh, responsibility for the decision straight to the linesman as the referee it's your responsibility if the linesman's made a bad call to overrule him I'm assuming the clear, the, the clear view of it. I'm assuming that aren't, oh, I'm assuming I'm, I'm, from my understanding Aren't the linesman and the fault official and the referee communica- uh, connected by an earpiece so yeah. they can all talk to each other, right? So the linesman, on waving the flag, would have told the referee why he's given it. Yes, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that's yeah. what happens. So uh, he's, he's gone, right, the goalkeeper's been fouled. Now the referee, despite the fact that it's Stroud and he's a moron, would have been looking straight at it thinking, hold on, no there wasn't, there was no contact. I'm looking at it, there's no contact. So surely he goes to the linesman then, I understand why you might have flagged for that, but actually there was no contact, perfectly good goal, let's carry on. That's what should have happened, but instead, because he's, as I said, the aforementioned moron, there we are, uh, he, um, he thinks, oh, I've got a way of n- making a name for myself here, I've got a way that they're going to be all talking about me tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, okay, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie's sending a lot of abusive messages <laughs> about getting out Stroud into Right, um, so the, the, the way the game started off, um, typical Charlton Millwall, game all of our bad luck came at once um josh mcginnis who's been our you know, main player i think he's tweeted today he's suggesting it might not be too bad but he might just be being hopeful well he left in a boot mm. rather than on crutches or on a, on a stretcher or in an ambulance so <laughs> i am clutching at straws yes having said that i remember seeing royce wiggins leaving a boot yeah, up stop it. Road stop and it. he was T- out for months stop, stop burning <laughs> my straws i'm clutching <laughs> leave it there um so so we lost him early on uh, tony watt came on now uh, i mean that's the sort of like again it was a it was a Bit of a nothing challenge, really. It looked like he went down heavy on his he, ankle. He, to be fair, he fouled the, yeah, the centre yeah. half. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those. It's in normal circumstances, it's a fair play to him for just uh, laying into him, yeah. but at some you know, cost. Deserved it, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so he's gone down and hurt, hurt his ankle there, and then um, so there, there goes pretty much our game plan goes because we've only got Tony Watt on the bench. If we we're going to play one up top, that's not really Tony's position. Mm. He came when he gave it his best, but as, as soon as, soon as McGuinness goes off, you. Sort of your game plans out the window there, and you're wondering if he's sl- slightly annoyed he hasn't got a second strike. I've got to say, uh, I think the impact uh, that uh, Tony Watt made in the first ten or fifteen minutes of him being on, I thought um, great. But then you realise actually that's probably why Carl Robinson had him on the bench mm. for a ten or fifteen minute cameo near the end, uh, not for a seventy minute or well, ninety minute spell Tony, as it turns out. Tony said it himself. We'll hear from from Tony later on the show. He said the plan was to come for twenty or thirty minutes, yeah. I think. And, and, and look what he did. I mean, he beat up two Millwall defenders in the first ten minutes, yeah. didn't he? So, and so he, was, he was blowing as well by the end. Oh, to, see, to, you, to be fair, he was blown after the end of the first half. Yeah, <laughs> there were people saying that and saying he was lazy on on social media. I saw at half time, but he was just having to conserve his energy, wasn't he? And he was yeah. just saving it for the one or two chances he might get because, as you say, he had about. A good 20 minutes of fitness in him and he had to stretch that over a 70 minute game yeah, so the game progresses I mean, we did. We saw a couple of chances we saw a couple for them I think Lee Gregory had one that he dinked over the keeper that was probably the first real chance they were clearly very dangerous and they don't know how much you could tell it even in the first game uh, now there's a couple of things I want to say the very first game that we played back at the Den uh, they did exactly the same thing ball over the top they knew both Gregory and um, Morrison will probably outpace uh, Bauer and Teixeira and they did now, um, I thought in the first couple of minutes when Gregory had that looped over chance, oh, we haven't learned. 
but that was pretty much the only time they really got behind us. There was a couple of half and half chances, but generally speaking, I think we learned from that mostly because our midfield was stronger. And I thought when you consider they had exactly the same side uh, yesterday as they did when they beat us three one at the end, we changed it about a bit. And yes, they were you know both. I think Konza was absolutely out on his feet by the end of the game. Aribo probably probably the same. But uh, the reason they were out on their feet is because the energy levels they put in to stop their midfield controlling it as they did in the first game was uh, was good to see. And I thought, we're, uh, as as a collective, I thought the the performance was was hugely better. Uh, and oh, yeah. I, I felt really sorry for Page because he really impressed me for the first half hour he was there. Uh, after that, I felt just so sorry. I hope he's not uh, seriously injured because I thought that was a as good a first performance for a club as I've seen for a while. That's the one that sounded like the less serious one in the press conference yesterday. Um, you, 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 you mentioned there how um, a couple of times we're getting caught out from the long balls over the top. Now, a player that I pointed out that I was, was struggling sort of in the first half, and I'm sure you guys probably did, Tukshera was had me worried here because he's up against Morrison, a player that the type of... I mean, our mural correspondent Richard Cawley always talks about... <laughs> he, he says that he thinks Morrison's pretty much the best striker in the league or one of the best strikers. I, I'd in the go along with that, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, Tukshera was getting... I can't stand him, but I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, you can see him waving at Tex after he got sent off yesterday. But but I, I felt Tex is probably not used to playing against a striker like that. No, I agree. And I think I... I mean, I actually said it on commentary um, when he got booked the first time. Uh, you could see that there were tussles. Individual battles going on all over the place. And I thought, we won the, the one on the left and right side. Solly... Um, was was superb on the right back uh, as a right back and my word we've missed him but Page and Ch- uh, Chickson on the left hand side were keeping uh, um, I'm trying to think it was uh, uh, Onyedimna uh, and Cummings quiet whereas um, and, and they were winning those individual battles the one battle that we looked like we might lose I thought Bauer and Gregory again Bauer was probably just shading it to Sharon and uh, Morrison on the other hand they were pulling each other They were and Morrison basically refed that game because Stroud wasn't strong enough to tell him to shut up. He was in he was in Stroud's ear all the time, all the time, and he got to share a book the first time when they were both pulling each other over, uh, and it was through the back. So you could sort of think, well, okay, he he, he bought the tackle, he uh, he um, he won the free kick, and therefore got him got him booked. Fair enough. But I said it at the time, he's got to be careful now um, because uh, Morrison will be trying to get him sent off. And he pretty much did that the whole game, and it only worked when Tushera lost his rag right at the end. Yeah, and I guess the frustration of the final whistle game when we haven't won the game, probably boiling over as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it, you can tell he's not from this country, because if he'd have been from this country, he'd have waited till he was in a tunnel and decked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the way we do things around here. <laughs> um, love, so we did have those chances in the first half. We had a, a lovely dip in volley from Nathan Byrne. Joe Rivas had a, a shot from the edge of the box. It wasn't, it wasn't the most fluid performance, I guess, in terms of going forward, but we did have some, some chances. Yeah, I thought... On the whole, I thought we controlled most of the play. And like Terry says, I think our midfield had learnt a lot from the last game and were much more imposing. But the problem was, and it had, it, again, <clears throat> mainly because McGuinness came off and he's such a focal point for us, is we were going side to side and passing it around and getting into that final third. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, Tony Watt was dropping deep and then getting the ball, or one of the wingers were getting the ball and Watt had already dropped deep and there was no one in behind. And that was where he really struggled. I never felt, until that last 10 minutes, when they had two or three very close chances, I never really felt that we were going to concede. It was just I couldn't see a score in either. And obviously that's how it played out in the end. Well, the, the, the way the second half went, I mean, that's, that's, it's weird, it's, weird to, it's a weird sentence I'm about to say, but we hardly had a chance apart from the two times we got the ball in the net. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Though. No, I, think, um, I, I think after the... I, th- I said at half-time, I, I'd take nil-nil right now. 
because we'd made two subs already. We only had one left, and, and looking at the bench uh, with the ones that were left, Overstad in the middle, probably too lightweight, wouldn't have worked. Uh, Forster Kasky, not fit enough. Uh, same with Ricky Holmes, to be fair, not fit enough. Roger Johnson, why? So you look at the bench and you think there's not a great deal of option there, and they're going to make two or three subs, and it's going to, uh, uh, you know, their, their levels are going to raise because mm-hmm. of it. Um, I, I would have taken nil nil at half time I was quite pleased isn't the right word but I was um, at least consoled by the fact that the performance was much better nil nil I took I, I, you know there was as you say the second half I wouldn't say they bossed it I mean I, and I think most of their chances came the latter end of that second half certainly I think the, the big change for me was when Ferguson came on he was a lot more mobile down that left hand side or our right hand side um, Carl and talks about us, us tiring as well which, yeah, which will happen if you yeah. have to make your two subs for injuries Carl's looked down on his feet that was I've the thing for me we just looked so tired for those last 15 minutes and the, the chances that they had were almost like completely clear cut because people just fell asleep so but even yeah. then, one of them was gifted by Stroud because that corner he gave. Oh, I mean, good lord! <laughs> well, he's got he's got he's got um, he's got a history of doing that, haven't he, with the corner? Because it was against Rotherham last season where he um, he gave a corner to them and they scored scored from it when it never should have been a corner. I think here and then away at Brighton about three weeks later, so the game we lost three two. Yep. Did the same thing, although ironically we broke and scored from the corner. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. He's an absolute moron. Well, well that was a, I'm not sure if that was the first or the second time he did it. He did it once for Konza. Uh, when Cons was about to pull his uh, leg back and shoot um, just on the edge of their penalty oh, yeah. area he just he, he didn't just stand in the way he moved into it <laughs> do you know what I mean and, and you're thinking what are you doing you know surely a referee's idiot and, uh, and if there's any refs out there they'll tell us when you're near the game and, and that close to the ball you've got to make it your job to get out of the way still look at the game still look at what's going on but get out of the way so you don't affect it he made no attempt. In fact, he made more attempt to get in the way that than was, out of it. That was what was so ridiculous with the second one: is he looked like an opposition defender because he's backing off one. and backing off and going from left to right. Yeah. He just needed to move one way and stay out of the way, but he couldn't. I just got exactly the second. The moron came for the second one. Yeah, I, yeah. Because he I was just like got, tracking him. I just got, all, all he needed to do to round off the second one was just lever it. Top yeah, thirty yeah. yards yeah. out. I mean, <laughs> it's like jumping like, way in. It's like a John Smith advert. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. So we like we said we, we saw we saw those chances. I mean, I had my, my heart in my mouth when Gregory got his head onto that yeah. one that flew across the face of goal just outside the far it, post. I was, I was behind that and it looked like it was going. Yeah, down. <laughs> to be honest, it was, uh, just went away. And then we had the five minutes added time with a, a great deal happening. I think Mill had a chance. It was offside uh, during that one. And the fi- final whistle goes. And then we uh, again, I'd looked away at this point, so I weren't really sure what was going on. Well, I've looked at the replay and I think um, what I thought at the time, um, I think it's been backed up where whereby Morrison was uh, was on the challenge. Bauer and caused Bauer to fall on his on his backside, and it hurt him. And I think Teixeira took exception to that. He'd been he'd been obviously niggling at Teixeira all game, and they'd been at each other. So I think that was the, ca- the straw that broke the camel's back, and he just threw the ball at his head. It was a good shot, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> shot, yeah. in fairness, <laughs> but uh, as I say, he should have waited till he was in the tunnel and did him there, yeah. um, because um, we're going to miss him now. Given Morrison's record against us, I'm surprised he didn't bounce off his head into the goal. Yeah. And give it Stroud, Stroud, give that would have given it, yeah. <laughs> or into the six yard box, and Stroud would have finished it. Yeah. 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 So overall, I mean. Is it a fair point? Is that the, is that the correct result for the game the way it went? I think, I think so. I just it's another year that goes by and we haven't been, <laughs> and, and that's years. that's all I could do when I was leaving. I I obviously wouldn't have preferred that they score and we lose the game, but I just wish we'd have taken a few more risks in that final third and maybe risked more chances up the other end just for that that goal because I'm so desperate to beat them and. That was my feeling when we left. Was well, it's another one that we haven't won. 
Yeah, I was slightly different because I because I was fearing the worst after McGuinness going off and then Page mm. going off and then you, you could see that the players, including um, Tony Watt, tiring even at half time. I thought uh, I was quite happy that it, uh, that we didn't mm. lose that because in the last ten fifteen minutes it looked like we were going to. Oh, yeah. So in the end, I was quite happy. Given all that, I completely agree. I think it's a really good point, but I just couldn't couldn't see that. Can't quite still. Yeah. Got plenty of tweets that have come in, uh, which we'll do, and then I'm going to ask you all the questions. So for tweets and for you two guys here. But um, uh, first of all, Steve Clark says Stroud was a disgrace throughout. Carl uh, Robinson's analysis was rose tinted. McGuinness injury is going to be critical. Millwall were direct, but at least we didn't lose. Uh, Rick says we do seriously need at least two strikers if we want to push on for the playoffs. Millwall were there for the taking, and that that is the thing. Obviously, I mean, even before McGuinness went off, I do think he was looking a little bit isolated up top. Um, which we know he can play on his own, but just yesterday, I don't, I don't think it was working as well for him. I, th- I think it, it was it more was to early, do with his early days. Yeah, I think it's more to do with the shape we wanted to play. I'm guessing anyway. That's the way I look at it. Was because um, obviously we had uh, uh, Nathan Byrne debuting on one side. Um, I think look, if we'd have Byrne on one side and uh, uh, Ricky Holmes on the other, I think the shape would with with then just. Um, uh, McGuinness up, up up top not quite on his own but being flanked by those two players I think it would look a lot better personally because uh, with all due respect to uh, to Chickson maybe you know I, I thought we had a great game yesterday by the way um, I think we'd look better balanced with two um, proper um, wide forward men um, and maybe Chickson then um, alternating as a sub and then coming on when, when players tire I think that would look better I think uh, Chickson as good as he is is obviously defensively minded mm. uh, and that probably affects the, uh, the there were a few times when uh, both himself and uh, Page linked superbly well but it was Page was the one that was getting further forward rather than Chickson so mm. I think um, I'll, I'm going to hold judgement on whether we need a, a two up front until I see uh, Byrne and um, Ricky Holmes playing together because well, we do know that this is, this is the formation that Carl wants mm. to play this is the one he's been talking about since he came in uh, and that he played at MK Dons as well, so he, he obviously believes in it. I think it can work, but I think with that formation, like Terry says, you're so dependent on those wingers to get involved and be almost like satellites to that main man. And when you've got a new player coming in for one, it's it's going to take some getting used to because that you know it might be a different formation to what he's been playing. So, and then as we say, then McGuinness goes off, and what just isn't built for that sort of that sort of formation, and was probably not fit enough to play the length of time he did so I think what needs to play with McGuinness yeah actually, I'd like to uh, see off, just off him, off yeah. The, yeah just yeah. off him oh uh, you imagine you imagine McGuinness winning, winning a flick on then Tony Watt just yeah. melting it through people. and that's an option when uh, you know defences are tiring you want to change their formation to 4 4 I'm, I'm slightly different I, I mean I love uh, Conza and Aribo in the middle I think it brings a f- breath of fresh air but um, as it's, as we saw yesterday when they put in a committed performance like that the last 15-20 minutes they were nowhere because yeah. they were completely out of it um, and that's an area I think we need to really look at uh, Dan Sheeds asked us actually if only this if only we could have an answer to this which was uh, very soon because that would help me in that particular area he says is Ahmed Kashi still alive now, you, you spoke to Carl a few weeks ago yeah. about this and yeah. March they reckon he might be training again Yeah, which uh, is pretty much the same time he started training last year and we saw possibly. him for about two games yeah, and then his leg fell off I don't, think, uh, I don't think they'll throw him into a game this time whereas <laughs> they did last time yeah, uh, Roland Time to Go says that Terry was spot on with his moron comment. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Freddie says, uh, uh, "Wasn't the atmosphere amazing yesterday?" I think Lewis uh, Lewis Cat said mm. something along the same lines. He said uh, it was nice to hear the valley so loud again. The fans were fantastic. Uh, Lewis then continued saying, "Despite being robbed by the officials, that was the most convincing performance against Millwall for years." And I said, "I was saying mm. the same to Amy yesterday." Walking up, they were saying. 
Well, that's probably the best we best we've done against Millwall for a little while. I'd go along with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the most competitive we've been for a while. Yeah, uh, because we do tend to surrender, as we did uh, up at uh, the, the, the New Den. You know, we competed for forty minutes. Uh, and then the goal went in and then we stopped yeah. um, but that was as much to do with the fact that we put in so much effort in that first 40 minutes mm. that uh, we did just didn't have nothing left in the tank after that uh, Freddie uh, again trying to get me to say rude words on there <laughs> says uh, Blake was a complete I'll change it to moron uh, not fit to officiate an egg and spoon race at the local sports day <laughs> let alone the South East London L Classico uh, <laughs> uh, right there's a question I want to ask there's, actually there's two questions I want to ask uh, and, and if there are uh, referees out there as I say there was one occasion where um, uh, I think it was Konza got injured. Trainer came on. It was our free kick. Konza was told to go off uh, uh, because the trainers come on. That's the norm, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Second half, I think it was Hutchinson for them, got injured. It was their free kick. Referee allowed him to stay on. I can't. And well, I was t- um, Greg told me that the laws changed to the point where if it's your free kick, you're allowed, you don't have to go off anymore. Is that the case? Because I've it? not heard that. Well, well I said exactly the same. Is it? Well, if, if, if Greg if Greg says that, then I assume he'd know that. He'd know that, yeah. So I'd be interested to know. Because in, in, but in which case, why did he send Konza off when it was yeah. after a kick in the first half? Because that, that, that change rule would make sense. Because I, if you've been fouled, then it's not fair that you then have to lose I 100% foul. agree. I yeah. was just curious. But it wasn't... It wasn't um, it was done in two different ways yesterday. Obviously, it's Stroud, so we can understand that. But um, <laughs> um, uh, if that's true, I'd like to find out, and I've been trying to find out all day today. I can't. Second thing was that um, I forgot where I was going. Uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, with the, I mean, surely when the league officials decide who referees what game. Now this is a local derby, right? And and it's going to be blood and thunder. Surely they pick the best referees for those games. Now they they, they know Stroud's got rep- they must know Stroud's got a reputation for being a bit oh. freelance. <laughs> yeah, got got an interesting uh, perception of the rule book. Yeah. Well, do you know what I mean. So surely they put in a different. They must look at a derby and think actually we need somebody at least stronger. Yeah, uh, because he he got bossed by Morrison most of the Maybe game. They think he's the best we got in League One. Well, then that's uh, yeah, okay. Well, he it's might be right. Actually. They might be right actually. To be fair, uh, rather than time to go, says we will have to change our system if McGuinness is out for a few weeks. We have no other striker like him. Finch, uh, Dan Finch says for Carl Robertson to not be able to explain to ex- express that the ref's decision was wrong without being fined is exactly why refs will never improve. And this is obviously relate. Uh, Relating to the fact that when he came in, he had to sh- he had to get Brett to show us the video and then make our own minds up yep. in a press conference rather than, rather than talk about it himself. Although I mean, I've got a little bit of him talking about it, uh, <laughs> which you'll hear. <laughs> and uh, just before, in fact, uh, I might play that now actually because it's quite interesting. So, so the, the way the way the post match works is he goes into the tunnel and does the local radio first. Then he comes into the press conference room, which is sat in the the room right next to where we are here at the Valley now, uh, where all the local papers are. And um, I, I was sat in there, and then he'll come in here and speak to Tell after. So. Um, uh, so, but bef- so he walks in. We're, we've we've already had Neil Harrison, so yeah, uh, we've already had to listen to that. And then uh, and then Carl's walked in, and he's walked in. The first thing he's gone is said, "Right, everyone, gather around. I want to show you something." And in my mind, for some reason, I was expecting a Charlton player to come up with a massive gash on his leg. Say, "Look at the, look what those thugs have done to us," or something like that. And then Brett walks in with his laptop, plops the laptop on the table, and then uh, gathers us all around to watch it. And I mean, my initial reaction was, and I definitely went, "Oh my god." Because I felt absolutely robbed, but and you can see it, but this is this is what Carl was saying uh, exactly when I mean this isn't right at the start of it because I was watching it, but then when I got my phone out to record, this is what Carl was saying. Ah! <laughs> Help! No, we need him. 
He dropped it. <laughs> what minute you come on there? Uh, right, it's bad from start to finish, though. <laughs> right, let's go. Well, this one, listen, I want you to shake, I think. So there you go, that's Carl. So he's, saying, he's clearly frustrated, and he did say he felt the referee was bad from start to finish. And you can, you can understand why he said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you, you can only call it as you see it, and I don't think there was a person in the ground. I've got to say, Neil Harris, in the interview in here, said that, uh, well, he, he, you know, he thought that um, the keeper was impeded and that's why he gave the free kick. Well, that's what he said. He has seen it since and come out and said, no, actually, it was a perfectly good goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard. That's what yeah. he's, he's actually come out and said it, apparently. So, uh, at least you've got to give him... Uh, well, you can't not be honest about it because it's clear. Mm. I mean, it's not even not even up for debate, is it? It's not, it's not one of those, oh, well, you could or you couldn't. Yeah, and right. it weren't like he didn't see it, as far as we're concerned, because it looked like he's looking straight at it as well. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't hurt him to come out and be honest because uh, it's not like Neil Harris is going to turn around and go, oh, that should have been a goal. And the FA are going, oh, should it? All right, John, we won nil. Everyone back, we're going to have a yeah. party. <laughs> uh, right, there's plenty more tweets and emails to get to, but I think we should listen really to, uh, to Carl Robinson coming in to speak to us, uh, to speak to Terry exclusively after yesterday's game. Um, don't forget, if you want to have your say on anything on, on tonight's show, uh, email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. We've got a few emails to come to in a little while. Or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Plenty of you have done so so far. I want to come on to those tweets again. But this is our exclusive interview with, uh, uh, I imagine, a, a reasonably frustrated Carl Robinson after yesterday's uh, 0-0 draw here uh, at the Valley with Millwall. Joined by Carl Robinson in the studio after uh, a frenetic, full-on uh, London derby against Millwall. And Carl... Um, We'll get to the main talking points in a minute, but um, for a game that uh, we competed in superbly, probably edged it's, uh, in certain areas yeah, did, towards yeah. the end, though, when legs start to tire for, for reasons we'll come on to, was it a little bit of relief at the end that we, we didn't lose the game? No, I wanted to carry on. Do <sighs> you know what? These are moments in my life that will live me forever to be involved in this at the Valley today. Um, before we carry on, I want to just mention I'm, I love, I'm loving more and more being part of this great club. I am. Uh, uh, that today was reasons why I wanted to get come here. Um, I seen a unified club today. I, I seen a club that wanted to stick together, fans and players. I think they showed tremendous support for each other. The players showed an application and a dedication to run around. Quality was always there at the right times. And then I seen a group of fans who would never say die and and, and su- support their team with great pride. Um, and that's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build a unity and a unified group that makes us the best. Um, but you can only be the best together. You can't be it individually or, or with separate fragments not pulling in the right direction together. And today we've seen a club that was players and fans that were, were unified for, for certain part of that. And that made me very, very proud. Um, and I'm just disappointed that the players, after two injuries in the first 20 minutes, um, that's a big blow to us. But Josh and Paige, he started the game very, very exciting when the way he's trying to get forward um, and then to bring on Tony early on was obviously we didn't much too sure what he had in him um, and then obviously bringing on young Jay De Silva for his first competitive professional game in a, in a South East London derby which is welcome to football my friend um, and he sort of blew up towards the end that's why he brought him off not nice bringing the sub off but I think he understood the reasons why it was not like we brought him on with 6.30 to go and brought him off for 10 to go Um I think it was important that the players showed this men's appetite and desire today. I just said that Nathan Byrne either making himself a fan's favourite or not with the first 50-50 in a London derby with their captain and he went right the way through him and they showed bravery. Uh, but I thought all my players today showed an application that I'm very, very proud of. I think once the emotion got involved in the game 
we we lost control of it to certain stages. I think when we played our football, we looked a very comfortable team. I think we're starting to play more. I think we're starting to rotate more. I think we're starting to pass forwards more. And hopefully, we need to get more crosses in. And once we get more crosses, then we're going to work on getting more bodies in the box. So there's so many different parts of it. Parts of it that I want to work on. Um, but today, I say I loved every second of it. Just didn't get the result that I think my players deserved. The game at the Den, <clears throat> an identical Millwall side. Um, obviously, the Charlton side uh, with the, with the new signings, uh, new people brought in, uh, were a different outfit. And um, you must have been delighted with the way we competed. Lots of little battles everywhere. Yeah. And you mentioned Lewis Page, who, who yeah. sadly had to go off after after um, half an hour or so. Um, with that battle down the Charlton left hand side, we were winning those little battles. Whereas maybe uh, yeah, certainly after forty minutes, I think, I think, it's, impo- we I think it's important. I think we, we we've turned down a three uh, we turned around a three one deficit uh, from the Den. Um, and and sold millions of pounds by the players, lost Adam or Luckman and Foxy. So for the football club to lose them quality players and to still respond in the way that we did shows tremendous sort of desire and hopefully a coachability that we can build on um, and, and move forward. I just think we need to get more. We need to ask more questions to the goalkeeper. Um, and today we've been. I'm trying to read correctly here. We've been. Uh, we should have won. When people see tonight the goal, and I'm going to make sure it's on our website, so watch our website by 6 o'clock tonight, or quarter past 6, you've got 30 minutes to get it on, chaps, um, and we'll put it on in slow motion for people to see. Well, we saw it, uh, we actually called it, at the time it happened, we were a little bemused uh, mm. with uh, as to why it was pulled back. We assumed there's something had happened that we couldn't see, or that uh, maybe there's, there's something sort of, something happened that... that the that invisible, the <laughs> invisible, the invisible Charlton player pulled them back. I think you may not be able to mention it, because obviously you could get in trouble. I think um, we can, uh, absolutely. Good, well you can keep going uh, then. Well, well, uh, you know, absolutely nobody touched the, the goalkeeper. Patrick Bayer feigned to, didn't. Did you think at the time when it happened? I can see. I was looking at it because we were bemused. We were thinking, well, and then and then two minutes later, there's a, there's, a, there's a push on Patrick, right? When we go to Heady, and they go get they get in. Thirty seconds later, Tony Watt does it. They get a free kick. Then Souls goes to clear. Gets smashed by Gregory. We only get a throw in. Then we break. He gets in the way of the ball. Then. As he gets fouled, and he plays on. Um, yes, bemusing was one of the words we used. Uh, I just to think today. I just think today it was a very difficult game for everybody, and I think I just think he had a performance which I know Keith. He's an honest guy. He's a good guy. He's a good person, and hopefully he'll reflect on that and he will he will see what he's done and. Be straight. Well, there were times when he did, wanted to put a Charlton shirt on. It seemed because uh, he was he was involved in quite a bit of our uh, build-up play at times. <laughs> <laughs> and neither of them for the last five minutes because our players dead on the feet. <laughs> well, we've got to come back to that because obviously losing uh, Josh McGuinness was huge at the beginning. Tony, what I'm sure you wouldn't have expected him to bring him on after ten minutes. Uh, I just felt putting him on though to get the fans going. Cause oh, you know. And it did, no question about it. And I think for the first half we completed. I think uh, we, in my per- my personal opinion, where we were the better side in the first yep. half by a long way. Uh, second half. It was more about the battle. It was more about trying to win those individual battles. And I think, you know, I think we competed superbly. And you've said it before uh, outside that uh, the legs started to go. You could see yeah. that uh, we were tiring. Yeah, yeah. Nate, who's not playing much football. Tony's not playing football. J.D. Silva not playing much football. Uh, you got young Joe and uh, and Ez in there. Who are young souls has been out for a while. Um, so then Beck gets injured. You know, he doesn't have to go off as well. So and I, and I couldn't make two of the changes. Uh, which he would have liked to put Tony on for the last 15-20 minutes 
maybe Jake, maybe whoever. You just don't, I don't know who it would have been, but we could have made some late changes. Um, and hopefully the players will... Uh, I think they've certainly seen them in the dressing room. And th- there's a group in there that the, f- that the fans need to realise. They all want to be here. And that's the most important thing for me. You've got to want to play for us first and foremost. Not me wanting you to play for us. The difference. Is it too early to know uh, what the injury situation is? A little is? bit, yeah. Um, when the physio went on, he said that Josh's ankle was already swollen through the sock quickly, so uh, I just hope he's a good healer. <laughs> Will it affect, uh, because you were talking uh, pre-game about um, some movements and, and in the preview beforehand about some movements in the in the, in the market, yeah. does today's injury situation uh, affect that? A little bit, a little bit. I think we need to be more, more proactive um, this week and see what we can do. Um and see where we go from there, really. Because it's uh, obviously now it depends on on Paige. We know Chicks can fit in at left back and do a wonderful job. So we're now down to that position, and and hopefully we can we can build on that. We know Ez can play centre half. We we know that, um, and we know Jake can play centre midfield. And Freddie was in there today in the bench today. So we've got players who can certainly fill the void, but we're certainly going to be stretching our squad for next Saturday. Well, <coughs> it wasn't the win we all wanted, of course, but we uh, tried our best. We're used to that against Millwall, but you're right—a um, uh, great battling performance. Cheers, Pat, thank, thank you. Thank you. Into the box, it's a flick on from beginning. Yeah! Oh, shot of grab the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea. But Charlton back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. Yeah, we'll turn the music back on it, certainly. <laughs> We're going to hear that, uh, that key drafting plenty of times. Uh, thanks to Glove Puff, who's made those new musical idents for us. Uh, Carl Robinson in there, giving whatever hand gestures he felt necessary during those interviews. Uh, well, I haven't turned your mics on. Um, uh, just a couple of messages on the chat on our forum. The president says, to be honest, we were poor yesterday and lucky to get a point. Mill should have nailed us in the second half. Don't recall their keeper having to save a shot in the second half. Don't really recall us getting into their box either in the second half. And then Dag said, apart from the perfectly good goal we had disallowed by Mill's new signing, <laughs> Q Stroud. Uh, how, how did you think Carl felt yesterday? He seemed he, he seemed frustrated. He was um, he, he seemed eager to say that he felt we were the better team. Neil Harris said exactly the same thing when he came in as well. I would uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I genuinely believe we were the better side in the first half. Um, second half, I think it was more a case of managing what we had left on the pitch and knowing that we only had one sub left. I think probably um, by the nature of uh, by human nature. You you become more defensive, and, and you have to you have to be honest and say I think Mill will probably add the second half, but even then I don't think they. I mean, um, there was you just mentioned somebody saying the president was it saying that um, we hardly had you know, that Mill should have beaten us. Well, if you if you go by the fact that they had four maybe five very good chances in that second half when we were tiring, yeah, you're probably right. But on balance, you know, when you consider we had the ball in the net twice and they didn't, um, I think draw probably in the ends about right. Personally, fair enough. Right. Uh, Plenty of tweets still coming in. Thanks for tweeting at Charlton Life. Uh, Lewis Wheeler says uh, to Shera and Bauer basically won uh, everything 
against Gregory and Morrison fought Baron Teixeira had a comfortable game how many chances did Morrison or Gregory even get it kept them quiet I mean, I mean they, they had those chances towards the end I, mean, I, I, I said earlier I felt that he was getting bullied a bit and we were getting beaten by balls over the top too many times particularly that, that one from Gregory early on that two or three times we saw Declan had to come out and clear his lines can I just admit, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, I think that's something that I wanted to mention at some point tonight. Is, uh, and a lot of people, and myself included to a certain extent, felt really um, that Dylan Phillips was hard done by by uh, Bobby and dropped to the bench, uh, and Declan Rudd coming straight back in when he's fit. One of the key things yesterday, and you mentioned it just then, was and um, when they did go over the top, Declan Rudd was acting like a sweeper. And that was huge yesterday, especially in the second half, uh, because he came out and, t- and swept up when, if, uh, and I don't know whether Dylan would have done the same, maybe he would have done it, it it's possible, but certainly Declan Rudd uh, performed that role superbly well, and uh, they didn't get behind us nearly as much um, mm. because of that, because Declan Rudd was uh, was on hand to, 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 do, uh, um, to do that sweeper role. Yeah, I agree, I think his reading of the game was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, and of course, I mean, if if we don't play Declan either way, it will get taken back to Norwich. So yeah. that's the reason we have to put him in. Yeah, otherwise, uh, is that true? Well, wouldn't they? They'd be tempted to take him back. Yeah, if, I suppose. If got yeah, a but, I, yeah, I think first game possibly not. I mean, if it carried on for five or six games, yeah. I'd I'd agree with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I can understand it. Declan Rudd is the number one keeper, so when he's fit, mm. or theoretically, therefore, he should play. Yeah. And Dylan Phillips is the understudy, so it makes perfect sense. You, you just got to feel a bit sorry for D- Dylan because I don't think he did too much wrong. Yeah. The other rumor I heard was that if. Um, if Alex Neal was to be sacked at Norwich, which was, was looking dangerous for him at, at times, and they lost again yesterday, that would be worse for us because apparently Neil and Rudd didn't get on too well, which is why he's ended up down with us. Right, uh, Tim Jackson uh, tweeted us a link to what uh, Josh Teixeira put out on Twitter last night, and he says, Tate oh, yeah. said, my opponent has misbehaved badly towards me and my club on Morrison. Any idea what was said? Uh, I mean, if you didn't see that, not long after the game yesterday, Josh Teixeira t- uh, tweeted... Uh, he wants to thank all the fans who supported us from the beginning to the end. Second, I want to apologise for my red card at the end of the match. Even though my opponent has misbehaved badly towards me and my club, the, uh, there are things that cannot be made clear, although I acknowledge I have not had the best attitude next Saturday. Stay with us in support of Charlton, and together we will achieve our goals. So he came out to apologise, and obviously pointed out to the fact that he felt that, that um, Texas had done something. I mean, uh, uh, that Morrison even had done something. Carl Robinson said in there that at some point during the first half Tex got an elbow to the face right in front of the dugout which I think I hadn't seen but and Chickson got uh, um, Morrison did Chickson as well with an elbow oh, to the face in the second half as well so um, he plays up to the um, to, to, to the Millwall um, uh, persona doesn't he uh, Morrison that's what uh, that's what he does and uh, as I say good player just can't stand him I'm wondering whether Freddie How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And uh, give uh, George Deshera a bit of a hand because he probably had to rewrite that text uh, that tweet <laughs> yeah. about, about ten <laughs> times. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lewis said, "Percy, I, f- I also feel we needed Frederick Overstad in that game. Ariba and Konza don't seem to have, uh, didn't seem to have." the energy yesterday and as we're talking about really they only ran out of it towards the uh, the end of the game John Pitcher says it's time referees were made to explain themselves I mean uh, I was listening to um, the Football Ramble is a really good football podcast I'm sure most of you probably know about but if you don't uh, it's, well, it's much better than Owen so I can't, <laughs> I'll go and listen to it There's no, don't get as much trouble on there as you do on Owen but um, uh, they, they had a special one where they went and interviewed Howard Webb and um, Howard Webb was, was telling them about how he'd love, he'd love to be out, able to go out there and put the record straight but they're not allowed to do you think it should happen? I think, yes, but I know why it doesn't. Mm. Because every ref is not a Howard Webb. Howard Webb was, is quite a succinct, uh, well-spoken, articulate, probably fairly intelligent bloke. I, I reckon which Keith Stroud sounds like Joe Pasquale. Well, exactly, which puts uh, Howard Webb in a minority, I reckon. So, you know, <laughs> I think uh, you, we've got to bear in mind that for every, uh, uh, considering the number of referees there are about, how many do you reckon could possibly explain themselves in a lucid manner. I'm not sure there are two. Mike many. Dean can't come out and say, I wanted Spurs to win. He did it once, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland Tyson goes, there's a lot of passing sideways because Watt drops deep and we had no one running in from the midfield. And there was mm. that bit right into the first half where Burn put over a cross into yeah. the middle and there wasn't a single Charlton shirt. Uh, inside inside the penalty box, is there? It's you know, and, and I don't want to. Uh, they're right, of course, absolutely right. But I'm, I, you know, I find it hard to criticise because it was the nature of how things panned out. You know, Tony, what's that sort of player? He'll he'll chase the ball. He'll he'll follow mm. where he thinks the ball's got to be. He's not a standard centre forward that will stay in in and around the six yard box or around the edge of the penalty area. Yeah. That's not what his game is. And he's those one or two times where he did get the ball deep and had that little bit of space, you could see what he could do again. He was he just drifts past players so easily. But he needs support up there, which is why, like Terry said earlier, I think him and McGuinness up front together could work quite well. Yeah, catching up with a little... Uh, there's a conversation that's been going on in our mentions between Freddie and Dan Finch, just discussing the final points of, uh, <laughs> of football refereeing. And uh, Freddie told Dan, and, and they copied us in, saying, honestly, I was about to jump down from the North Upper and smack the moron out of him. <laughs> I've never been so angry. <laughs> um, Freddie's actually t- uh, tweeted me as well. He said it comes down to referee prerogative on, on that player coming on and off. But I've just found it, actually. Uh, it's a new law that came in uh, back end of last year. If a player is injured from a challenge which is punished by a red or yellow card, then the player doesn't have to leave the pitch. Oh, but so if it, even if it's a free kick for us or free kick for them, if it's not a yellow card or a red card, then they still have to go off. So, apparently. All oh, right. So that's interesting. Cause it, and you say that came in the start of last season. Sorry, uh, well, the, the, this was dated uh, 2016. So I'm guessing it was uh, January 2016. Oh, so they're probably so it's for this season. Start of this season. Because yeah. I haven't really noticed that. You know, I haven't. I'm, yesterday, the well, yesterday was the first time I noticed that the, yeah. the Millwall player mm. didn't have to go off. I don't remember somebody getting a yellow card though. I'm assuming they did. Mm. And that's the reason, apparently. Uh, Lewis Wheeler was continuing about Olverstad said maybe people don't notice but there's been times when Frederick has run the ball out from one end to the other so we, we needed that yeah I don't want, I don't want people to misunderstand me about that I, 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 I love it, Fred, Frederick Olverstad I think he's a superb player and he'd be on in my every Charlton side at the moment but 
in certain games, I, I think yesterday might be one of them, whereby um, if you saw the game at the Den, he got bullied big time um, at the Den uh, by uh, a combination of Thompson uh, and Williams. And um, I don't think uh, I don't think that's it. This is his game. This that's you know the style of the game we had to put out against Millwall. I don't think it's his style. I think he would have got lost a bit. And I agree though. You know, Konza and, and uh, Arriba were both blowing out their backside. So maybe rather than Holmes, Ulverstad might have been a better choice. But I think um, uh, Carl Robinson wants to win games, not just uh, not mm. ju- not just um, hold on. So I think yeah. that was a, a, a brave move. Yeah, I and mean, you can see Ricky wasn't really there. Yesterday, not really, not really ready. He, he got into the position three weeks, times. Couple of and runs, yeah, runs down the wing, uh, <laughs> wasn't there? Was He's forgotten how to cross while he's been away. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, on the subject of Tony Watt here, uh, Freddie said, "I felt a bit sorry for Tony Watt. He got chucked in, not fully fit, and an assistant that he's not aligned with as of yet." Lewis said, "I uh, I struggled to see Tony Watt as an actual striker. Sometimes he didn't look like he wanted to get in the box, unlike." Josh McGuinness. Now um, I'm gonna we're gonna hear now from from Tony what made his uh, return from Hearts of Midlothian, Midlothian, something like that. I was there. I went I went to Hearts early on this uh, in in this season. When I was Did you watch a game? No, there's no games on. But I managed to break in. <laughs> yeah, strolled in. Strolled, well, I strolled in for an open game. I've got some nice photos. Um, now, after after we hear from Tony, I'm going to ask you guys uh, is, exactly what your uh, views were on the performances of uh, our newbies yesterday, Nathan Byrne, and of course Lewis Page. You, you know, you've got half an hour, but in particular Nathan Byrne. So I've tweeted that, and a few of you have tweeted that in already. But let's uh, let's listen to Tony. What he came in to speak to uh, Terry and myself after yesterday's game, uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is what Tony said on his return to the valley. Tony, um, battling uh, nil nil glorious Miller, but uh, I guess from a personal point of view. That's a game you wouldn't necessarily expect to be part of after 10 minutes. No, I obviously spoke to the gaffer during the week and I think the aim was more 30, 20, 30 and I'm glad to go on. Obviously it's not on the best of terms with Big Josh getting injured and he's been vital for us. And, but it's good for me to get minutes under my belt so quick, especially when I'm not expecting it, sometimes it's better. And uh, slotting into an area um, where Josh McGinch would have played, is that, is that um, an area you've been training with or, or is that slightly different? or? Unusual to, to what you were expecting? No, I knew the game plan and obviously they're a big physical side and they know how to play and know how to hit the ball and and they know how to play at their strengths and I was just glad to get on and Big Josh gives us something different and he's very good and he's been brilliant since he's been here and it's difficult replicating what he does but I just try to do my best and play my way. You're back in the club um, after a few load spells and uh, enjoying your time back here and, and obviously pleased to get on, but uh, how do you see the, uh, the future? Yeah, well, I've left for different reasons in the past. Uh, in the summer I had to go for myself. I needed to get back home. I, I hadn't dealt with injury as well as I could. Personally, I'd never been injured and I just wanted to be close to my surroundings and close to my family. And It was good for me to get back, but now it's time to come back here and... I'm not rolling out my future at Charlton, I never did. My first six months, my first eight months here were brilliant and just some things happened that happened in football and ultimately I had to leave. The, uh, the introduction after ten minutes uh, in a game normally would be, would be fairly tough, especially if you, if you haven't had game time under your belt, but in a, in a local derby, uh, it would be a big physical, uh, physical expectation. No, well, that's what you train for, you train to play 90 minutes don't you you train as much as you can and obviously for certain reasons I wasn't playing at Hearts either and it was better for me to get back down I wanted to get back down and I knew I wasn't going to be up there permanently so I was keeping myself ticking because I know it's harder more physical and more demanding down here and I'm glad I'm back and I'm glad I played straight away and 
obviously I felt some sympathy for Josh because he didn't deserve to do what he'd done, but hopefully it's not too bad. You must be delighted that Carl Robinson has seen uh, faith in you to uh, brought you back. Well, you've come back and, and straight away you're on the bench. Yeah, well, the gaffer's good and he knows what I can do and I know what he can do. And if I thought we were going to chance for allegation, I when I came back, that's a bit on end though. And I've always enjoyed it, Charlton. I've always, I've always liked it, but we were going different ways, and that was it. And now I, I see the the club are matching my ambitions, as they say, and hopefully I can be around to be a part of it. And for the next six months, I just want to work hard to get Charlton promoted and see where it goes from there. <coughs> a nice reaction from the supporters when you come back. Yeah, the supporters have never ever been bad to me and they've always been brilliant and I, th- I hope they realise that I want to be here and I hope that they know what I can do and every time I've stepped out in that pitch they've been absolutely fantastic with me and hopefully it continues and it was nice to hear your name chanted, isn't it? And as loud as you can give it. you feeling a bit more confident you're going you're gonna to be able to, to settle back in London now and stay here for, for a while? Yeah, I've... London was never the problem, as I said, that's the first time I've dealt with a long-term injury and it's difficult, especially when you're young and you've been away from home for five, six years and in different countries and I just thought it was the right time to get back and maybe get back into a comfort zone and for football it wasn't great but I needed to do it so I can progress. If I never, then I would maybe have been stuck in a rut. What sort of um, targets are you setting yourself and, and perhaps your teammates in, in the remaining of this season? Anything less than promotion is failure. Obviously the gaffers came in and it's been a bit topsy-turvy and up and down. Obviously he's not had his squad that he wants and now he's picked his squad. And I hope we can really challenge. I honestly believe with this squad we can. And I don't know. Obviously not failure because the gaffer's not in a job, but he'll probably see it as that. He'll probably see if he don't get promoted, then he won't be happy. Jackson, he's got Fox in the overlap, uses him, Fox, crossing opportunity, fires across, oh. looks for Lookman, comes to Johnny Jackson, fires across, yeah, it is, gets in the skipper. Johnny Jackson oh. makes it two for Charlton, ball from Fox was cut out initially, fell back to the skipper, fires it into the far corner, and Charlton double their lead. From the home of time, time. this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. That's five times we've had that now, and I'll I'll be shocked if that's the last time (laughs) we hear that. So will I, yeah. (laughs) Right, uh, that was Tony What 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 there, uh, speaking after yesterday's uh, game. Uh, Right, Freddie, uh, I asked what you made of the uh, new... Uh, players ready said that Mr Page was very good he was committed and really wanted to show us what he was made of he was gutted he had to go off uh, Sam says it was hard to tell from a derby game but it like overall we did look a more competitive team with the new players which is pro- I think fair to say uh, Freddie goes on to say Mr Byrne was also impressive but looks still a bit away from what Carl Robinson wants from mm. him is still uh, clearly settling right uh, Roger Trask says where was a Jose is he injured now um, he wasn't injured uh, we we didn't ask that in the press conference because Richard wanted to ask it off, like after so he could have it in exclusive for the paper but then it sounds like Carl didn't say much so just didn't really give anything away but I mean do you have any views on, on what that might be review? Uh, I've said on previous 
Thursday shows, I just don't think that he fits in the system that that Carl wants to play. Um, and therefore, even having him on the bench, I don't think he really sees him as the opportunity he wants. Um, I think maybe he'll be off. It's frustrating, isn't it? Because he ha- he has brought us goals, but in as I say, in the sort of system that Carl Robinson plays, I don't think he really gives us a lot else, unfortunately. Um, Strangely, I'm wondering if he wishes he had him on the bench yesterday. Mm, yeah, after what happened. That. Yeah, uh, but I agree. I, I 100% agree with Tom. I think he, um, he's the type of player that is not uh, doesn't fit into the system that, mm. that it's clear Carl Robinson wants mm. to play. Yeah. And Carl certainly sounding exciting when he's say, excited when he's saying that we're going to probably going to have Lee Novak back next week as well. So he's obviously, in my mind, he seems to rate him higher for, yeah. uh, for what he wants. Well, to Well, even do. someone like Hanlon as well has had game time under Robinson, and you mm. think. I know he's going to be used sparingly, but he's probably fourth choice behind Watt, Novak and, and McGuinness. So, yeah, I think Jose's really slipped down that pecking order. Chris B says he thought that Burns started brightly but faded second half. I think we'll have to have a major... I think he'll have a major part to play for the rest of the season now. Uh, Seb Lewis has joined in on the Keith Stroud debate. Says, uh, Keith Stroud is just an incompetent liability end of what I really want to say can't be repeated on air. Well, we've, <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got the perfect thing for that, Seb. You can say this. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron! Call him a moron. That's the best. That's the best thing for it. Uh, uh, Freddie says the FA uh, and the RA are political organisations. They do EFL. Who's the RA? Must be referees association. Ah, oh, maybe yeah. They do EFL refs based on points and choose him through a point score and experience. So there you go. Uh, I said fugs earlier on in the show, and I just like to confirm I did say fugs because I've seen a couple just, of tweets. Yeah. Are you sure? Play that back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, MICAFC says my main concern was we used all the subs and Declan got injured <laughs> is if we used all our subs and Declan got injured resulting in Jade Silva after <laughs> going goal and there was a great photo of Jade Silva going up against one of the centre halves yesterday and there used to be a Twitter account they used to just for the, just for a laugh, just shrink, shrink footballers and have normal sized footballs, and they literally look like that's what they've done with him. He is uh, he's a very smart. What, what did you make of this? And we saw him we saw him for what about in a. And how he really came on and then went off again for the end. He, he still looks very, very young, very inexperienced. Um, he didn't look too afraid to try things, but they just didn't come off. Uh, and I think, as I say, that's just because he's young and he's thrown into what's probably our most competitive game of the season. So give him time. I don't think he was one they expected to have to blood in a, a South East London derby for that length of time. But um, yeah, give him time to settle. I think he looks like he could be a useful player. And from... Uh, the, as I said on Thursday show from the reports of the, the club that got rid of him when he came here they were all said that we've got a good player on our hands so yeah I, I think he just um, he got caught up in the decision making process he, he looked mm. quite lively and sharp uh, and did some really quite good things uh, and then in that attacking sense um, just when he thought shall I stick a twist shall I go past him I know I can but should I uh, will I run out of room? And then by the time he'd made his mind up about what he wanted to do, he's, he'd been tackled yeah. more often than not. Uh, but he did, he still got some couple of really good crosses in, just uh, into, sadly, nobody in the end of them. But, um, I, yeah, I, I agree with Tom. I think um, it's uh, it's harsh to judge um, De Silva on that performance. Uh, I don't think he had a bad one particularly, but even so, being thrown in at, uh, at the deep end like that isn't, uh, a, a, what, it's his first competitive game ever. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to dig out anybody who, uh, who gets thrown in like that. And I, I actually think he could be a good player for us. 35 on the chat on my forum says that he thought it was two poor sides that won't reach the playoffs this season. Now, I, think, I mean, if you look at Millwall's form, for example, they're on the rise. I think they, they've got a better chance in the playoffs than us because they're four points ahead of us. We're, we're, we're four points off them, I think. And then I think we're seven points off the playoffs, yeah, I believe. Yeah. I've banged on about this before, um, and I apologise for doing so again, but I think Millwall have got two very good strikers. 
and they've got a midfield that can feed those strikers and when they do they'll beat most teams in this division if they can't control the midfield Millwall then they won't win football games simple as that because I don't think their defence is good enough if um, if we can strengthen our midfield uh, to a point where we can feed uh, what will ultimately be a front three um, then we can we can probably push on and, and, and maybe even trouble the uh, playoff positions if we don't then I agree with that last call. I don't think either of us will, uh, will get close. Some of those the quotes that we saw from Carl Robinson in the South London Press during the week suggest we may or may not try and go for one one more midfielder if there's one knocking about. So no no promises made really there. I don't think we're strong enough in midfield. That's the point. And, and uh, by the way, Lewis, uh, thanks for pointing out my deliberate mistake about uh, Freddie <laughs> Ormsted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, the point still remains. I, d- I just don't think we have a strong. I, I like Cross. Don't get me wrong. I like. I, I think Freddie Ormsted is one of the better players we've we've sort of, we've had at the Valley for a long while. But you wouldn't necessarily put him in a battle. And I and I think there are too many of those battles going on in League One that we will lose. Um, you can't rely on Naribo and Konza week in week out for the remainder of the season to because I mean you saw that they were blowing after sort of eighty minutes, seventy, eighty minutes yesterday, um, and it's and it's too much to expect from from uh, players of, of of that age as well. Uh, running times guys, so I'm glad that Carl Robinson mentioned Konza as centre half because he doesn't want Roger uh, relegation Roger anywhere near <laughs> anywhere near the team on Saturday. Uh, Carl also mentioned the invisible player. Who gave, who gave the foul away uh, against Millwall and uh, John Charles White said can the invisible player please take up permanent residue on, on the opposition <laughs> penalty spot every match so he'd never be caught offside would he that's true yeah you won't be able to see him uh, we've Stroud got spot Stroud, him. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh, uh, Tim Jackson says Jay De Silva subbed on and subbed off again when did that last happen for us has it happened before I've, cool, blimey. I've got this weird it feeling has. that it's happened recently it, it recently because yeah. I remember it as well but, but I, I can't, can't think who no I can't think who it was yeah so that's going to that's gonna drive me around. anyone is listening one that isn't there? an injury I'm assuming you mean mm, well no we just want to see if it's happened but. Yeah, anyone let us know I, I, I know it didn't, it didn't happen to Hazard at Chelsea last season and that mm. was quite funny but yeah, I've got this feeling oh it's, it's happened, happened a lot I think yeah. uh, but for us particularly yeah, no, sure. I, I've got this feeling it's happened yeah, to us so recently so I if anyone know. can remember have a look at it uh, um, Matthias Johnson says the almighty has come to the Millwall rescue in the form of Keith Stroud it was never a foul and I am a referee and that's a you don't want to admit that on, in, the, in, in public these days <laughs> Matthias <laughs> Uh, Freddie was happy to hear that Tony Watts said anything less than promotion is failure uh, for, for this season. Uh, Charlton Exile said the same, very happy to hear it. Uh, anything less is failure and it, is lo- and it looks a long way off, which is interested. interesting. Uh, a Joe says uh, it's going to be sold by the end of January. That's according to Roland Time to Go. That's what he thinks. And then Lewis says, have we ever won a game when Keith Stroud has been referee? And I, well, I'll think about that while Terry reads the first email because I know one of the stats accounts tweeted about that earlier so I'm going to dig that out but Terry do you want to hop onto the US we've got plenty of we'll do, yeah we've got a few in now Mark uh, Newbury was the first thanks Mark uh, evening chaps I may be in the minority but I actually enjoyed the game apart from that decision uh, yes it was scrappy sometimes and the injuries didn't help our game plan but we showed grit and determination fight and heart and the team seems to have a lot more belief uh, in them now thought Cross had his best game for us and the kids didn't look out of place Millwall stuck out the same team for the fifth game in a row and our revolving door meant a new bunch of faces but I felt we were the better team for 75% of the game 
and would have been aggrieved if they'd sneaked a winner at the end. Feel sorry for Tex, he allowed himself to be wound up by Morrison and shouldn't have, should have done a sensible thing and wait in the tunnel and give him a dry slap. Huh? We, <laughs> we are in agreement. Uh, glad to see Watt back, but not happy if the rumours are true and a Jose's off to Coventry, just when we bring his supply line in the form of Burn. And I, and I don't have much faith in Novak to get us the goals we need if Big Josh is out for a length of time. That's There's no way on God's green earth that Nicky or Jose's going to go to Coventry because Slade didn't like him. Uh, no, that's probably true yeah, as well. No, <laughs> There's one of those stupid football league crappy transfer accounts that people don't read them because they're always nonsense on, on Twitter that some 14 year old makes up in his bedroom it's not Thomas Dryson it's, 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 and, and yeah, they just, they just pick, up, pick random rumours and there's no way this will bite, come back to bite me I'm sure by the end of January I'm not sure they could afford him anyway yeah, I could, there's no way on God's earth that Joseph's going to go to college uh, Bob Lipscomb's tweeted us in uh, emailed us in but he's also tweeted me and he says what we need in midfield is Scott Parker uh, I'll be <laughs> replying to you Bob don't you worry uh, <laughs> Evening, guys. Great atmosphere yesterday, spoilt only by the inept ref. Goal, of course it was. Good to see Tony Watt back. For how long, we'll have to wait and see. Josh McGuinness tweeted yet today that his injury is not as bad as first thought, so might only be out for a couple of weeks. Bauer also limped off, so we're a bit short on centre-back, so will it be Solly, Konza or Rojo together? Well, that's the thing. I, hope, I imagine Konza. Interesting on Rojo, isn't it? Because, of course, uh, we know how he's seen amongst the Charlton fans. Now, you, you were there, tell MK Don's away. Uh, <laughs> in the game on Boxing Day, we won one 0 Rojo came on with about five ten minutes left, won a few headers, nearly gave away a penalty. <laughs> I had a, I, I thought yep. he played quite well at that point, especially after the game because I didn't realise it was him who nearly gave away the penalty. I thought it was Bauer, so I watched it back. Um, I did tell you it was him. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We, there was uh, there was uh, no one was sure in the press box. Was a lot, <laughs> well, you were sure clearly, but you've also thought that Overstad played at the day. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, uh, so, so there you go. So obviously, when when Rojo came on that game, he was getting he was getting all sorts of dogs abuse from the Charlton fans, seven hundred or so of them, <laughs> up in the upper tier there at Stadium MK. Uh, as uh, as Carl Robinson's come out to do the interview there, he's just asked us just before he, he sort he sort of said, "What was all that? What's about? going all there? <laughs> What's all that about with uh, with Roger Johnson?" And we we tried to explain to him, and Carl went, "Well, oh, well, he's won me three headers today, and we helped me win the game." So he, he didn't he didn't seem to know what it was. Uh, and then he sort of looked at his p- personal performance in that game where, if, apart from the penalty he nearly gave away, <laughs> done all right in the last five minutes, won a few headers. Do you think that Carl's going to give him a, <coughs> a second, third, fourth chance, wherever, wherever it is? I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> I, don't think, I don't think he'd have any qualms about putting him in. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on a subs bench, would he? So, um, I think uh, whether or not he'd choose... Because when... If, if Rick Holmes... Assuming Rick Holmes is going to have a full week's training and be fitter... Uh, you would sort of expect to have um, Holmes and Byrne either side then of the midfield, which means Crofts in the middle and one other. Now, Arebo you'd expect to, to be given the nod. Uh, would Conzer go in there as well uh, to keep that five? And then with Novak, assuming he's back on top on his own, or will he um, will he shake it up a bit and put uh, you know put somebody because uh, Adam Chickson in there? Sorry. So does that mean you've got Conzer spare to play at centre half? Because he played him, um, he seems to like um, Ezri Konza, quite rightly so, because he's a quality player. So I've got a feeling that he might put Ezri Konza um, back there at centre-half. But he clearly doesn't mind putting uh, Roger Johnson out there, because uh, he already has, yeah, regardless of what uh, what the fans think of him. He's done it twice at MK Dons, really, because he did it in the, uh, the Cup replay uh, as well. Right, uh, CFC facts and stats in answer to Lewis's question said that since August 2011, we've had Keith Stroud... Uh, 12 times, we've won four of those games, we've drawn three and, and lost five. In those 12 games, we've had five players sent off. <laughs> so, 
There's, was, a, there's a running theme here. I was yeah. just reading the back, the back of the programme for yesterday about the ref, and he's given twen- 10 red cards in 27 games, which is like wh- one every 2.7, yeah. which seems quite high. But he's yellow card count. And then 129 in 27, <laughs> so it's almost five a game. Well, that's Bearing in mind we had five yesterday in a South East London derby, like there must be games that are just nil-nil and not much happens. And he still gives five he's away. still giving five. Yeah. I wonder how many goals there's like certain goals he's disallowed as well. <laughs> Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron! And how many times he's done that, just getting in the way. Let's see, Ralph, please tell. Right, we got. Um, uh, I'm just trying to see who it is. I've, I've, I've gone way ahead of myself now. I think. Oh, it's uh, Richard. Richard Church. Thanks, Richard. Hi, all. Thanks for being there as always. I hesitate to write this as from what I've read on social media, there seems to be an air of positivity around the place, and I hate to contradict that. But I thought we were poor yesterday. The incorrectly disallowed goal has diverted from the fact that with 65% of possession, we had a total of four attempts on goal, and that compares to their 12. Lots of passing sideways and backwards and forwards passes that we didn't uh, that we did make were long punts forward, <clears throat> often to the little fellow on the wing who was ill equipped to do anything with the ball. Millwall's game plan was to let us have the ball and wait for us to give it away in the encounter. They looked like they were going to score. We did not. Uh, Lone players are not going to get us up, which which was supposed to be the priority this season. None of the new faces showed us anything yesterday that tells me that they're going to prove me wrong. Big crowd yesterday, in my opinion, a missed opportunity to put a sizeable and meaningful demonstration. Sadly, I think the PR machine that Roland and Catherine employed has worked, and I fear for our future as much now as I did this time last year. I wonder if I'm as alone in this view as it seems. All good to you and yours, Ness Richard. Thanks, Richard. Um, well, a couple of points there. Several, in fact. Uh, I, I tend to disagree a little bit with the... Um, The fact that Mill will look more likely. I mean, I agree in the last sort of 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, 100%. Well, if you look at clear cut chances, I mean, we saw, was it Ferguson who had that that volley that we haven't even mentioned that went just wide? You had the two headers across the goal. I think they had a corner. Yeah, I think most of them came in that last 20 minute spell. I think, think, I'm trying to think of clear cut chances for us, apart from the goal that got disallowed that shouldn't have been. The one that should have been disallowed doesn't count, obviously. We had the shot from Joe Rebo from the outside the box. We had two from Nathan Byrne from outside the box. But you also have to bear in mind the the situation that led to, to, to the fact that we had Josh McGinnis going off and we had uh, Tony Watt and now of course that's the manager's prerogative not to have another uh, like a Carl and a Hearn Grant on the, on the bench or, or a Jose uh, who might be able to score goals so, um, but with that in mind no I don't disagree that we didn't create enough chances by the way that, that's, um, that's entirely true uh, but given the circumstances of, of how it panned out I'm not surprised by it I think yesterday was all about battles rather than um, uh, Attempts on goal and possession, etc., etc., and I thought we competed, and and that's all you well, not all you want from a side, but that's what you want to see from your side, especially up against a Millwall side, uh, that uh, that is a good side, uh, and if you allow them to beat you up and uh, you allow them to to win those battles, they'd have beaten us four 0 yesterday. Uh, Mark Cox sent an email into uh, to the old inbox, which is the same email address. We're just confusing ourselves here, but um, I think this was during yesterday's game because I think you said. Conza was feeling the consequences or something. I see what you did there. Did you say that at some <laughs> oh, point? Uh, maybe. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it's not impossible. Uh, I've just, I, but I think uh, before we leave Richard's email, he did make a point about um, he thinks that the uh, PR machine is, is working and, and the fans are coming on the side. I, I don't know whether that's true. I think, the, again, it's a Millwall game and it's different. Mm. And I think um, there are certain times when uh, maybe you have to put something to one side. Yeah. There's plenty of people you saw tweeting that they've broken their boycott, for yeah, example, for yesterday's yeah. game. And you do just, when, when it's Millwall at home, you just concentrate on trying to beat Millwall, and that's all, that's all you Obviously, Richard, only time will tell, and, and we'll see how we go from here. Uh, but I, th- I do agree, I think, that um, 
Cole Robinson is is a slightly more enigmatic figure and and bringing and fa- bringing fans on side than uh, any previous one we've had. Mm. So if that's true, then then whether that's a PR stunt or uh, or just his personality, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Uh, MICFC says, uh, will Jacko go looking for some games in January as he committed to his coaching role? And he's put alongside Bowie. And now, obviously, Lee Bowie was at the training ground on Thursday. By the sounds of it, that's a one-off. Uh, from what I've heard, is at the moment it's a one-off. So I don't think we're expecting. I've Lee heard Bowie there might be different. Fa- he did a lot at uh, MK Don's Carl Robinson. He brought in lots of different people, left, right, and centre. It's been to weird at MK though, because obviously here he's trying to bring in Charles. So Matt Holland came to the training ground one day. Like Lee Bowie came in. They go get legends from MK Don's. Or here's someone who played for us three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just think he'll, he has this um, reputation of bringing in ex-players um, of all types. I mean, I think when he was at Incondons, he had um, Fowler there. He had uh, several ex-Liverpool oh, players yeah, coming in to help uh, help the forwards or do this for a week here, week there. So he's obviously respected enough in the in the game to to allow ex-professionals to come and give him a hand. Not only ex-professionals as well, because he's had Jacko there, hasn't he, a couple of times on the bench this season. So, well, he's now a player coach officially. Yeah, uh, Jacko. So, yeah. Uh, if I, I don't know whether his hamstrings are better, obviously we're, we're assuming they're not, but they might be enough to uh, to, to start Saturday. I don't know. Uh, Roland Time to Go says, if a Jose is not going, why choose an unfit what over a Jose? I'm not saying a Jose won't go. I don't know if he'll go, but I'm just fairly confident not going he to won't go Coventry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I have a feeling he might go. If I'm yeah. honest, um, whether it'll go in January or not is another issue, of course. But um, it depends on how long have we got left. We got what ten days, twelve days. days, days yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it's possible. Um, I, d- I think uh, if Nicky Jose's um, honest with himself, he's not going to want to be what fourth choice striker mm. or whatever it might be. So I think it'd be in his best interest to uh, to try and find somewhere else, assuming that we're we're right and uh, and he's not going to figure. Um, we got uh, Dan Briordi's emailed us in. Uh, hello, is a Jose Toast? Uh, we've just discussed that, actually. Uh, I felt he's a bit lightweight and doesn't fit into our system or, or frankly, offer anything. Uh, he can hold up play. He can't hold up play, rather. Poor in the air and not particularly fast or skillful. I'd rather have Novak up front any day. At least he can hold the ball up and can score. I feel a Jose could uh, <laughs> could be the Francis Jeffers of League One. Mm, that's an interesting... <laughs> I mean, I, I know I said this earlier on in the season, possibly before the, even, the season even began, but we look at Nicky Jose's record before he came to us. He, he's had one good season. One and a half good seasons throughout his career, if, you, if, you, if you're counting his first loan spell at Berry from, from Man United, when everyone expects him to be the next big thing, five or six years ago. And I remember, I remember at the time being disappointed with him because he, he, we were told he's going to be the next big thing, and then he never seemed to do anything. Then he had that season at Swindon last year. Is is that the season that's a one-off? Do you know? I was thinking of this the other day, and uh, for some reason, uh, and um, not in, time, in terms of the type of player they are, but um, the, in, in terms of what's happened to him, reminded me a lot of when Derek Ells left Charlton. And there's a lot of people won't know about this, <laughs> so forgive me, but. He was at Swindon and was the big thing and scored, was it 25 goals or something? I can't remember uh, the exact yeah, amount. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely scored for fun. Left Swindon. Now, everybody says he's been a failure here. He's our top scorer, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's the thing you right, can so say. Maybe we maybe set the bar too high for start. Derek Ells left Charlton and went to West Ham and they panned him, despite the fact he was their top scorer. So, you know, it's, there are certain times when you fit clubs and you fit the style of play of those clubs and when you move, it just doesn't work. And that seems to what's happened to, to Nicky Ajoza. Even though he's scored more goals than anybody else, thing, it yeah. just doesn't seem to have clicked in the same way. And maybe it's, you, you go back to Swindon. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll suit him to go back to, to there and be the, uh, the big fish uh, in, in that pond rather than being mm. just another player here. Mm. Um, 
Chris says, how many times have you guys seen us beat Millwall? I've been going since 1981 and I've seen it twice. I've been going since 1994. Ooh, that's a good question. I personally have never seen it because I didn't come to the, the last time we beat him the double. I never went to either of those. I was too young. So I've never seen us beat him. Terry, probably probably about 50 times. I've got research <laughs> on this. Yeah, <laughs> 50. We've only beaten him. I, I think we've beaten him like 11 times. Well, we've beaten them 10 times. Oh, no, actually, I'll rephrase it. Because there's, um, there's a split there because Millwall were Millwall Athletic before they were uh, the current Millwall. That's that still we, our uh, name as yeah, well. exactly. Um, so I think totally we've beaten them 12 times uh, but, uh, when they were Millwall and Millwall Athletic. Uh, I first saw Charlton beat uh, Millwall in 1978. Uh, and that was away, actually. Shaw and Chipperley scored the goals. Other than that, so total um, is, uh, I think it's now, what are we, one, two, three, four. Four in total, I think. Uh, no, maybe five at a push, because of the Anglo-Italian Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is, oh, I, might, I might count the FA Youth Cup, then, if we're doing that. So, yeah, we beat them twice in 95-96. Uh, we did the double over them, including the game in the snow. Uh, we did them in 1992 at home. Uh, and we did them in the Anglo-Italian Cup in 1992, and then in the previous, prior to that, you had to go back to 1978 when we beat them at, uh, at the Den. Uh, and that's it, guys. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, that's all I've seen. I've been getting frustrated recently because with people trying to defend our, our record against Millwall, because so, obviously it's, it's 21 years since we beat Millwall, and then people go, yeah, but yeah, we weren't playing them for 10 years. I said, look, right, let's put it in a different way. It's 10 games <laughs> yeah. since we've beaten Millwall. If we went 10 games without beating Hull, yeah. or like Portsmouth then that would be a standout stat it, it, I mean our record against Millwall there's no defending it no, no matter if we're in the Premier League or not it's, it's appalling the fact that I've never seen us beat them in my lifetime is, is poor it's, uh, it's just to put it in perspective uh, we've, we've actually played them I'm just counting this up now 12, 38 uh, plus uh, 34 it's uh, 72 times <laughs> right we've played them 72 times and won 12 right They've won 34. <laughs> I mean, there's only, they've won three times more games than we have. There's only one thing that could, you could put that down to, and that's cheating. <laughs> they must be cheating. And Keith Stroud has refereed every single one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil uh, sent us a DM and says, Hello, gentlemen. Another game, another soap opera storyline. Stroud guess took Shara's Late Late Show and Carl's PowerPoint presentation to the local media is the stuff local derbies are made of, not quite. That's excluding the subplot of injuries to key players, McGuinness and Page respectively. Potentially several season-defining uh, moments in 90 minutes of football, much to ponder. It's a great show as always. Thanks for that. Uh, Phil, I hope, uh, I hope you're enjoying this evening's show. Thanks for your, for your messaging. Uh, uh, Freddie does point out that... Um, McGuinness is our top scorer after because he got the hat trick last week. But oh, up right, until there, was, yeah, it was right, a Jose. Okay. That's true. Uh, beforehand, Lewis says it's what a Jose does during the game. Uh, he, look, he looks to shy away from absolutely everything and looks poor outside the box. Imagine uh, Lewis then says, "Imagine a playoff final against Millwall." So we oh, didn't get that. Stop that. The, the season we lost yeah, in the playoffs to Swindon, we would have had Millwall in the final. That doesn't even doesn't even bear thinking yeah. about that. Sevo's uh, clutching at straws as well. He said he can only claim that friendly in 2006 where we won four one at the Den. Again, oh, I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say at least he was there though. Yeah. Like, again, I haven't even got that. Yeah, again, that doesn't count. Uh, unfortunately, right? So have you got, have you got, any uh, we got yeah, Tom Spurling's email to send. Thanks, Tom. Evening all. Sure, I'll be hammered for this, but am I the only one who can feel a bit of positivity creeping back in? Might be a weekend on the beer talking, but I'm going to stick a few good on us to go up. Uh, PS cheers lads keep up the good work that's from Tom stuff. I mean, yeah. we, we I'll talk, have some of them beers yeah, we talked about that positivity that you, you feel something. I, I do think mm. Carl has brought a wave of positivity to the fan base with the way he speaks I think so yeah. I think it's certainly more positive than it was I think a few quid on promotion is a bit optimistic <laughs> but we're certainly in a better place than we have been for a little while I think Mm. You, I mean, I, I think it's all relative, isn't it? I mean, if, yeah, uh, maybe if we'd, if we'd have had Carl Robinson in, let's say, straight after um, Chris Powell, then maybe he wouldn't be seen as the yeah. uh, air of positivity he now does. But the fact of what we've had in between Chris Powell and now, 
uh, means that uh, uh, a huge improvement. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, Derek Harris says, seen most of our encounters home and away since 1980, and I've seen three wins. The last was a double season. Uh, and then he said uh, a win at Upton Park when we were playing there. Right, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to... Uh, we are going to mention Tim Jackson's just brought it up actually we're going to mention Adam Ola Lookman today if, you, uh, if you're waiting for match of the day and you don't know what goes on probably turn off the rest of the show um, uh, but, uh, and also uh, we're going to remember Charlton Poe who's uh, received a minute's applause yesterday Paul went now he was when, when he passed away we had a show on the Thursday after but he was way before our time but Terry uh, he was one of your first heroes so when we come back from this break I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ask Terry about his memories of Paul Wendt Charlton Live. Well, Matt, Charlton Live, I think that's what, five or six times now that we've called Stroud a moron on the show. Although, when, uh, although according to Lewis Wheeler, I'm the moron, and he's probably, <laughs> and to be fair, he's right, I'm, I'm having a mare this evening. Do you remember when Goodmanson scored that last minute winner against Hull? We, uh, we played that commentary about eight times. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah, on the show, yeah. The good old days. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Lewis says, Terry, the irre- yeah, exactly, ever-reliable so. pundit, doesn't know who our top scorer is, thought Elverstead played at the Den, sack him now. Yeah, no, and he's right. <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm docking Terry's wages for tonight's show. <laughs> Uh, right, um, uh, there was a minute's applause uh, before yesterday's game. Obviously, the, the whole of the Football League had one for Graham Taylor, who was a much respected uh, man in, in, in the world of football. He was uh, His managerial career was pretty much before my time. I think I've got, I feel like I remember him a bit at Aston Villa. Uh, but I, I, I liked Graham Taylor from his, his stuff on Five Live. Yeah, I used to listen to him on that. Uh, so uh, the whole the whole of the English Football League had a. Uh, a round of applause for him yesterday, minutes was, but also here at Charlton it was a uh, a double uh, remembrance sort of ceremony really because Paul Went passed away last week. Now um, he was he was way before our time. Centre half played uh, 170 odd times for for the club. But Terry, he was I'm right. I think he was part of the, the first team you part ever saw. The first time I ever watched 1967 here at the Valley. Uh, we played uh, Blackpool, uh, lost two <laughs> nil. Um, and uh, you had the likes of Paul Went, Alan Campbell, who also uh, sadly recently went, Graham Moore as well. Keith Peacock was part of that side, Eddie Fermani, Ray Tracy. Um, there's some uh, players who are sadly no longer with us, and Paul was one of the last few from the, my first ever side. I was lucky enough, I mean really lucky enough, to uh, to have met him a couple of years back, uh, and uh, he signed a couple of pictures for me, bless him, and what a lovely man he was. Uh, yeah. And I was hoping he would be. You know, you have this image of, uh, of, um, of your... Uh, early heroes, and you're hoping when you do meet him, there's that little trepidation that he might be a bit of a you know a git or, a, or just a yeah, bit, a bit up, of Stroud, bit up, it, bit up himself or anything. But nothing could have been further from true. Absolutely, total gentleman. 
Um, and he played, you know, he, he, he was, uh, he was a colossus for us at centre half. Absolutely. He was an old fashioned centre half. I mean, I mean, not like a, um, um, uh, a Gomez or a Conza. <laughs> he, he was definitely a no nonsense, um, if, uh, either the ball's going up in here or you are type of first uh, centre half. I saw the, the quotes from Keith Peacock on the website after, after Paul died, um, was talking about the size of his thighs. He said he's a really powerful player. He was just player. a, just a huge unit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he was particularly, I mean, he was six foot. I know he was particularly tall, but he was just, Imposing, do you know what I mean? And uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm loath to say he wasn't a ball playing centre off because you know he he didn't dribble out of defence or any of that nonsense. He he just knew what his job was, uh, and he gave the ball to people who could do better things with it. You know, like like Keith Peacock or, or whoever Ray Tracy uh, was playing up front at the time. Um, uh, but he, you know, we signed him from Leighton Orient, and he had uh, he had a reputation. Um, but even better then, he got he, he got picked for the England under eighteen side. Uh, so he was um, he was destined to be a. Uh, they said at the time uh, it was a coup for us to sign him. Uh, actually, and and to be fair, Charlton in, in when I first started watching him, sixty seven, sixty eight, um, were a side that were on the fringe of uh, potentially going up. We had some really good players, uh, and people were uh, tipping us for. Uh, I remember it uh, vividly. People tipping us for. Uh, um, greater things, as it were. Well, I mean, then after '67, it all went back shaped, of course, and we, we started plummeting down the leagues. But so uh, of course, as if me or, or Tom would have any idea about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, he, he came in 1967, the year I, I started watching Charlton, uh, and stayed with us for five years, and, and you know, almost I think well over 150 appearances. He scored. He didn't score that many. I think it was probably a dozen or so. Um, and then Fulham signed him off us, and uh, and I think. Um, I've got a feeling he went from there to Portsmouth and he was Portsmouth Player of the Year. Um, he was a good player, good centre-half. Uh, and I'm really pleased that, uh, that I got to meet him. It's one of the uh, one of the standout moments of my life was meeting Paul. Did you, say, did you, did you interview him on here? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try and dig out the interview yeah, for you. Yeah, dig that yeah, out again, definitely. We'll, we'll try, and, um, try and put it up. Um, I'll try, I can't remember, but I probably sounded like an excited girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like me when Kish was in here. Exactly that. God, yeah. I embarrassed um, myself that day. So, um, but uh, he, was, um, he was just a proper Charlton player. Um, and, and as they all tended to be back in the day, I know I'm biased because, you know, I'm, I'm of a certain age, but um, I thought... Um, he uh, he typified what Charlton was at the time and and has done ever since because he you know he was one of those uh, players I mean you don't spend even back then spending five years at any club wasn't uh, was was not unusual but it, you know didn't happen a lot you know because when you were good you tended to move on and I was always a bit surprised that uh, especially when we uh, uh, during that period I'm sure we got relegated um, or if it was just after he left actually we might have got relegated but you know we missed out on promotion at, uh, um, when we should have got promoted I think it was sixty eight. 69 we should have got promoted and didn't missed out narrowly um although my memory could be wrong as uh, as lewis has pointed out on several occasions already yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i was surprised he didn't go then um so uh, uh when he did eventually go to fulham i fully expected him to to then really make his mark it didn't quite happen uh sadly but uh lovely man great player for us absolutely huge player for us that was paul went who sadly passed away uh, last week and was remembered here at the Valley yesterday with a minute's applause. Now, uh, just very briefly, like I said, if you if you don't know what's happened in the uh, in the Premier League this afternoon and you don't want to know, then it's time to uh, to turn the show off because we're going to talk now about a uh, a, a real fantastic debut. And he was only on for four and a half minutes, but Adam Olukman, uh made his debut off the bench for for Everton. Uh, they were already three 0 up. At, you know, imagine coming imagine coming on for Everton when they're three 0 up at home to Man City of all teams, Pep Guardiola's Man City. And you must have been delighted just to be on the pitch, but then to top it off with a lovely little goal as well. I mean, what what a special moment! And I was I'm gutted that I missed it. I was um, packing away the, 
the shopping or just coming in from, from Sainsbury's. Um, but Twitter was ablaze with Charlton fans <laughs> who were absolutely delighted to see that happen. Twitter was ablaze with Charlton fans when he came on. <laughs> and that was enough. I was still flicking through that when the goal went in and then it just carried on. It's uh, it's brilliant for him. And I'm sure we're not the only club to do this, but when our, our youngsters and the people that have been heroes here go away, we do keep an eye on them. And, you know, when Shelby scores a screamer, we tend to enjoy those. And Gomez being back in the Liverpool fold is obviously brilliant. So for another youngster we've seen even more recently to just come in and do that on his debut is just just amazing for him and you know he left here and we all said you know fair enough he gave us everything and he should be playing at a higher level and he's shown today over that four minutes that he looks right at home already well the irony is I remember saying at some point must have been one of the first shows recently that well I felt Gomez was ready to slot mm. straight into no, the Premier League team I didn't think Lookman was and he always made a mug of me yeah well no I, I mean I'd, I'd sort of agree I, I expected him to figure in and around the, uh, the maybe just the squad and uh, mm. and try and get uh, they'd break him in a bit gently And uh, but um, Kilman showed it even at um, Southampton that he's not afraid to throw people uh, young players in um, and I suppose when you're 3-0 up and you've, you, you've got the comfort zone of, uh, of doing that uh, but the one thing I liked I mean the finish uh, he hit it well but you know, the keeper you know, had his legs wide open that won't happen you know he won't come across a keeper that, uh, that is as uh, benevolent uh, yeah, again Bravo, yeah it? exactly yeah. Rubbish. Um, but the thing that impressed me more about that well not impressed me it's the sort of thing we expect because we know what, it, what he can do but it was the anticipation because mm. uh, Stones came across hammered the ball in I'm trying to think who their um, right winger was forever and I can't remember but uh, hammered the ball into their uh, right winger and it ricocheted off him uh, I don't even know if it might have been uh, well, whoever it was anyway Stones, somebody, yeah, Stones couldn't clear I mean it should have just hit Rosehead and he tried to do something else with it it cannoned off of the Everton player but Lookman anticipated it you know and just, uh, at the beginning Lookman was a good I don't know 20 yards away but something about him just thought this could come my way, and he started moving towards the edge of the, the, the penalty box, and it just ran into his path. So he anticipated something happening, and that's the mark of a good player. Excellent stuff. So a, a great debut for, for Adam Lutman today for Everton. Right, times uh, beating us. I uh, just wanted to mention that yesterday was the China Athletic Community Trust Street Violence Ruins Lives campaign. We spoke about that on the Thursday show. And if, if you haven't heard Thursday show, but you want to hear our interview with Nick Darvel from the Community Trust to find out what that, that day's all about. If you go down our uh, our Twitter page, you'll find a few a few links to that from, from the last couple of days, uh, exactly what that was uh, all about. If you want to know what the Street Violence Ruins Lives campaign is all about. But that is the, the end of this evening's show. Thanks for all your... Uh, your tweets uh, and emails are un- unprecedented amount of tweets today. It really helped us get through the show, so thanks for, for all of you for joining. Tom Wallin, thanks for coming in this evening. Cheers, Louis. Terry Smith. Thank you, I'm going home to research. Yeah, excellent stuff. <laughs> uh, this has been Charlton Live. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for, for joining us here. Myself, Tom, and hopefully Nathan will be back on Thursday as we preview next week's home game against uh, Scumforce. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.